born to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. What made such a difference in this New Testament church is because of the great power that they were all together in one mind, in one accord. And they believed the same thing. They preached the same message. They loved each other. It made a powerful impact. And they had great grace was upon them. In other words, God allowing them the privilege to live this side of eternity was not in vain. Uh, Go back to the book of Acts in chapter 4. And he makes this statement, Grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, because they, they took what they had, they sold what they had, they gave it to the apostles, and blah, 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 blah. You know, today you couldn't do this because you may not be able to find 10 or 11 people as godly as these guys, that you could trust them. Most preachers today are a bunch of crooks. And ought to be in jail. I'm serious. Most are nothing but a bunch of shysters. All they want is your money and your membership. And you know it and so do I. They don't care anything about your soul. I preach against sin. I ruffle feathers. I make you mad and uncomfortable. Because you see it's to um, stimulate your thinking. Cause you to examine yourself. What are you doing for the Lord? I want people to understand that they are going to have an appointment with God. You may have a doctor's appointment. You don't want to miss that, do you? You got an appointment with the Almighty. Are you ready? Are you ready? Look what else he says here. In verse 35, when it says they did these things, remember, this is a history account of what they did. There's no command here saying, I got to do this. No, that's not to us. But it says there about a man named Barnabas, and uh, he had some property, and so he sold it in verse 37. Uh, He brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. I'm not the apostle, so you don't have to lay it at my feet. I just want to make it clear. I am not the pope. I'm not a Baptist hierarchy. I'm just a preacher. In chapter 5 and verse 1, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, they had connived together, as you'll see up there in verse 4, 
uh, where it says, has thou conceived this thing? In other words, they had planned on doing something. We're going to sell our property, and we're going to keep back part of it, and only say this much, and we're going to give it like we're giving it all. And nobody will ever know. So the church was a powerful church because everybody believed the same thing. Everybody was loving each other the way they should. But somebody decided to get nasty. Uh, Somebody in the church decided to tell a lie. Somebody, and the apostle knew, if they start that, it won't be a strong, powerful church long because lying is going to cause deception and divisions. And it will split this church. So they couldn't tolerate that because it's wrong. Just a little lie? It was a white lie, right? I mean, everybody can tell white lies. They're not as bad as a black lie. Did you know in the Garden of Eden in paradise, they committed one sin, and what did God do? He kicked them out for one sin. In Revelation chapter 21 and 20, verse 27 There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth the work of the abomination or maketh a lie. Lie. One little lie. That's not so bad. You and I know that no, lying isn't bad. Now, I've never murdered anybody and I have never committed adultery. Well, I might have lied. And yet something so small, something so simple, they wouldn't tolerate that. Did you know that What God allows one person to get away with, he may not let you get away with. Don't that just burn you sometimes? When you see people doing things a lot worse than you, and they get away with it, and you can just think it, and God slap you upside the head. My mama could read my mind. She not only had eyes here, she had eyes in the back of her head. She had to. But look what he says here. In verse 3, Peter said... Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie? See, truth comes from the Lord, and a lie comes from the devil. And the devil is the father of all lies. So whenever you lie, just a simple little thing like a lie, that's from the devil. And yet I've had people think that they're going to heaven because they're so good. And they'll say something like, I haven't sinned in 40 years. And they're lying. It's a lie. But see, they don't see it as, it's not that bad. It was just a little one, though. A lie cost these two people their life. You see, they wouldn't tolerate that in the first year. Now, God did not say after this, if you tell a lie, you're going to drop dead in the middle of the church service. If he did. How many of you would be able to walk out of this church service? We would have to have a few funeral services here this morning. And one would be mine. Have you ever told a lie? If you've never told a lie, raise your hand. You've never told a lie. If you've never stolen anything, like credit for something that somebody else did, or because of pride and deception. You see, I know what kind of people I'm talking to. They're a bunch of liars and thieves. 
God says, let God be true and every man a liar. But don't think, well, everybody does it, that you can get away with it. Once you trust Christ as your Savior, remember this. The devil is coming after you. Have you noticed that even in a, um, a presidential primary, if you're a nobody and going nowhere, nobody cares. But if you start climbing in the polls, have you noticed that they do everything they can to dig up anything on you? You hiccuped when you were a baby, three years old. And they'll find something on you you don't even know you did. Or forgot all about. But whenever you trust Christ as your Savior, the devil is going to try to remind you of everything you have ever done. And throw it up. You're not qualified. You're not worthy of serving God. You ought to throw your hands up and quit. God can't use you. And Satan is a what? A liar. He is a liar. And so these people connive together. A man and his wife. Isn't it wonderful for a man and his wife to get together and agree on things? It's okay if it's the right thing. Here it was the wrong thing. And so he says in verse 3, But Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? To keep back part of the price. He says, While it remained, was it not thine own? Wasn't it yours? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? You could have kept all of it. But you became deceptive. You tried to deceive. You wanted people to think you gave it all, but you didn't. You kept back a part of it. See, God's also concerned about the motive, not just the act. Does God know why you're really here this morning? Your motive? You say, I just wanted to see the preacher. I just wanted to hear the choir. I really want to hear the Word of God. Or maybe you didn't have anything else better to do. Well, I'm here because my wife drugged me here. I've had a lot of people do that. And the kid's sitting there hating every minute of it. Like Dr. Stanford says, when they went to hear that one preacher's name was Brother Die, he said, I was kind of hoping he would. <laughs> he says, while he was up there, and the guy hollered at it and says, Repent! He said, scared him so bad, he ducked down behind this big old fat woman sitting in front of him. Now, the thing is, you are here. You ought to always be checking your motives on why you do what you do. But get what he says. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied. Well, wait a minute. How did he know all of this? If he lied to the Holy Spirit, you think the Holy Spirit could have told the apostle this? And notice, you have not just lied to men. You lied to God. When you lie to a person, you might own a business. Are you honest? You better be honest. You buy and sell, you better be honest. You tell the truth all the time. You truth, you'd be a truthful individual. There's a God in heaven that knows what we say and do. You need to be honest and truthful with your wife, with your husband, with your kids. You're to be a truthful, honest individual. You ought not tolerate lying and deception in your own personal life. 
Because there's a God in heaven that will rob you of your joy and your peace of mind. And sometimes you may not know why you just are so miserable. It's because you may not be an honest individual. You're not coming clean between you and God. You think what God can't see and God doesn't know. And God says, I saw it and I do know. But look what happened. He says, thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, gave up the ghost. You say, well, what does that mean? He died. I mean the man, right there on the spot. He died. For a little lie. He didn't mean no harm. He just wanted to give the people impression of something that wasn't true. This is the problem sometimes you have when you try to exalt yourself. I was always told, never make the shadow bigger than the real man. Because somewhere along the line, somebody's going to see the real man. You don't put a preacher, you don't put a, a, a deacon or an elder, you don't put anybody up on a pedestal. They're people with a sinful nature. And I don't put you on no pedestals. Because I know that everybody can be lifted up with pride and fall. And the higher you climb, the bigger the fall. And the bigger the fall, the bigger the splash. The bigger the splash, the more people are affected. So he says here, and gave up the ghost, and you ought to underline these two words, great fear. You see, there is great power, great grace, and great fear. Why did they have such great fear? Well, let's just pretend that I'm talking to you here in the church, and you lie to me, and then you drop dead. And then I start talking to somebody else, and they lie to me, and then they drop dead. You know what you would be thinking in your mind? Last thing I'm going to do is tell a lie to the preacher. It causes you to think before you speak. Makes you examine your life. You see, the reason you come to church is because the preacher is supposed to take the Word of God and make you probe your mind. To think. To cause you to have flashbacks. To recall. Do you remember when you dedicated your life to the Lord and what you wanted to do for the Lord and how you wanted God to use you? How you been doing? How you been doing? Are you lying to yourself? Deceiving yourself? Are you right with the Lord? See, God knows and God is patient, but God may take one and simply slap somebody else's hands. You say, well, that ain't fair. Nothing in this life is fair, so don't you worry about it. But look what he says. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. Great fear. You remember one time when I told you the story about the man who walked into the pet shop? He was going to get him a, you know, something, a little pet to kind of, you know, sit around the house and, you know, pet. And that's why you call it a pet shop, you know, pet. He walked into this one pet shop and there was this, this parrot sitting there. And this parrot said, hey, mister. Yeah. He says, you're ugly. Well, he walked on past. Parrot hollered, hey, mister. And he turned around and said, what? You're ugly. The manager heard and went back there and got in that parrot's face and threatened that parrot and said, don't you talk to the customers like this. He walked off. So the man turned and come down on the other aisle. His parrot hollered out, hey, mister. Yeah, you're ugly. The manager came back there and took a broom and swatted that parrot, knocked him to the ground, slapped him a couple of times and set him up there and said, don't you ever talk to a customer like that again. 
The man looked over at the parrot, gave him a smile. Looked at some other stuff, and after a while, that parrot says, hey, mister. He says, yeah. He says, you know. He says, you know. The man went up there to the counter, and he said, I want to buy that parrot. I can teach that parrot some manners. He bought that parrot and took him home with him. And that parrot cussed him out. Used every filthy word in the book. And he got in that parrot's face and he said, don't you ever talk to me like that again. He walked off and that parrot let let a stream go. He came back and he got a hold of that parrot and opened up the freezer and put him in the freezer. Closed it. After about 15 minutes, he came back and he opened it up, and that, that parrot just half frozen. And the parrot says, you know, mister, I, uh, I, I perceive that I have offended you, and that uh, I have uh, considered my ways, and I uh, apologize, and I'll never say anything like that again that would ever hurt or harm you in any way. Please accept my apology. He says, but I do have a question for you. He says, what did the turkey do? (laughs) When you see what God does to some, it might cause you to, hey, you know what? I better straighten up and fly right. You know, it could get bad from here on in. But God, see, he loves you. And God can't chasten you. And you're dealing with a God that, hey, he revealed even a lie. Nobody else would have even known. But they wanted to give a false impression. Does God know all of your motives? Does he know if you're real or not? Look what he says here in verse 6. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. Now, you're talking about a quick burial service. You know, the guy drops dead, think about him, bury him. Try that today. You did what? You buried your mother? She died when? An hour ago? And you, you, an hour ago? And you just buried her? We've got to do an autopsy. Uh, but anyway, back then, uh, this is what happened. In verse 7, And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. La, 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 la. She's probably happy because she's got to keep a lot of that money. You know how women are when it comes to shopping. In verse 8, And Peter answered and said unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Ooh. Now, do you think she had made plans for her departure? She didn't know what had happened. Her husband's been dead and carried out and buried. And while she's standing there, did you sell the land for so much? Yeah, so much. How have you conspired together to conceive a plot to deceive? And it says, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. What do you think happened to her? 
And verse 10, Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, found her dead, carried her forth, buried her by her husband. Isn't it wonderful to be together? And look in verse 11. Wouldn't this cause people to have greater respect? Did you know that one of these days, God is going to show this nation what he thinks about their sin? We haven't seen what God's going to do. But it ain't going to be pretty. It ain't going to be pretty. He says, And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. So you see, you and I are living in a time where there's not these commands and i got to do this, i got to sell my house. I gotta. What you do, you should do because you love the Lord and you want to. You should give to the Lord's work whatever you believe God wants you to do. It's always, what does God want you to do? Because he's serving the Lord is, what is the will of my heavenly Father? See, he's not just a great big God up there. He's my dad. He's my father. What pleases my father? So I, I, I do this, and I give, and I sacrifice, and I, whatever makes my father happy. I just want to please my father. You have a heavenly father. Do you want to please him? Do you think he knows when we're deceptive and we're not serious? Do we think we can fool him if he doesn't know? Did you know the Holy Spirit of God that you need to understand is the power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead? And God says, the power that raised up Jesus from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. And any man who has not the Spirit of God is not of his. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you have a tremendous, powerful individual living inside of you. The Holy Spirit. And the scripture that Jay read this morning about John chapter 14. That he is going to give to you the great comforter. And the comforter is the Holy Spirit. And he shall be in you. And if you obey the Lord, he is a great comforter. And if you don't obey the Lord, he's a great discomforter. So you're the one that decides whether or not, are you going to be comforted or discomforted? You might be like the parrot that needs to be stuck in that freezer. So you can get a chance to see what happened to the turkey. You say, well, I don't want that to happen to me then you better do what's right. And you know what you're doing. You know whether you're right with God or not. And you can be deceptive if you want, and it doesn't matter how many people agree with you that does whatever you do. Is it right or is it wrong? Is it honoring to the Lord or dishonoring to the Lord? Judge ye. They say a word to the wise is sufficient. Is it? So each one of you here are responsible to the Lord. You're not responsible to me. I'm not responsible to you. Oh, in certain areas, yeah. But ultimately, our walk is with God. And God wants to use us. He wants to bless us. So remember, great power in witnessing. God has given you great grace. Life is a wonderful, a great thing to have. Can you imagine what you could do without it? So because God has granted you life, don't let it be in vain. Don't waste your life. And because of that, learn that God doesn't tolerate anything. And that God loves you, but he can't take you home before your time. So serve the Lord with all your heart. Look up here. Letting this hand represent you and me. And the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God 
loves us. Understand that. God loves you. Now, he hates what you do wrong, but he loves you. And to pay for that sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But because God loves us and wants us to go to heaven, the Bible says you have to be righteous as perfect as God. And a lot of people don't know where they're going when they die. I told him in Sunday school class about this drunk man that got on the bus. When he got on the bus, he staggered down the aisle and sat right down beside this really old lady. As he sat down, this, this old lady looked up at him and could smell. His, she looked at him. She says, Mister, you're going straight to hell. He says, Oh my goodness, I'm on the wrong bus. I want you to know that um, you're on the wrong bus, but you are going to the wrong place. And you need to understand what Christ did for you. See, you can't save yourself. If you could, do it. If you really knew there was a hell and you could live good enough to get, you'd do it. But you know you can't, and that's why you don't even try. And you'd be a hypocrite in your way because you can't fulfill it all. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because our sin separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He took all of our sins and died for our sins, not his. He came back from the dead and said that if we would simply believe, he did it for us. That's not hard, is it? You see, God didn't ask you to do something you couldn't do. If he had told you to live good enough to go to heaven, you couldn't have done that because that's impossible. But all he says is, will you believe I did this for you? And he will put this payment to your account, and you get to go to heaven on what he did. See, he died for you, but the payment's not put to your account until you believe he did it for you. And that's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, now, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're with us this morning and you've never really, yourself, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You've heard about it maybe, but you just never did. Would you right now just talk to the Lord? You see, you can't make a mistake this way. Only the true and living God knows who you are, knows what you think. But will you trust him? Would you believe that when he died, he died for you? When he paid for sins, that was your sins he paid for. And God said, if you'll believe he did it for you, he would give you as a free gift everlasting life, and you can know that you're going to heaven because of what he did for you. Would you trust him? If you're making that decision, I'd like to have prayer for you. I can't save you. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you and said, Preacher, that made sense to me, and I will trust the Lord this morning to my Savior, and I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is anyone at all? Just slip it up very quickly. Put it right. Yes, God bless you, sir. Anyone else? If you trust Christ right now, he saves you right now, gives you eternal life. And when you get up to leave, you can say, I'm going to heaven. Because this morning I trusted Christ as my Savior. I don't have to pay for one sin because he paid for all of them. Anyone else before we close? Anyone else? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. Over and done with when you make that decision. Anyone else? If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you're God's child. You realize how important it is as a child of God. For him not to bestow his grace upon you in vain. Don't play games with God. 
Don't try to deceive God. God takes it seriously. Father, we thank you so much for those that have trusted your Savior and know you and love you and want to walk with you. And help us, Father, to, to admit when we're wrong and we fail. And, Father, we don't always achieve what we'd like to. And, Father, I thank you for the one that indicated by an uplifted hand that they would trust your Savior. By doing so, you guarantee them eternal life, that you never cast them out never lose them, that they can know they're going to heaven when they die. And, Father, we ask your blessings upon this church and all that's accomplished here and all the good workers we have. Help us to love each other as we should. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.